Hey, welcome to the Knowles 24-7 podcast. This is Brendan Sinone, live at the Casa de Ferrante with Bob and Chris Nee. We'll have Josh Newberg joining us in a little bit. A lot to get to, starting with, hey, Florida State has hired a new football coach. Uh, Florida State introduced Willie Taggart on Wednesday as the 11th uh, coach in Florida State history. And uh, man, guys, he killed that press conference, right? I think we're all in agreement that that one, the press conference introductory that was there on Wednesday is, you know, typically that's an easy it's tough to mess up a press conference and intro uh like some coaches uh, that won't be named until later in the podcast but uh but Willie nailed it I thought he hit all the notes that Florida State fans probably wanted he hit the notes that like as media members we were kind of interested to hear uh boosters I, mean, I think at every level people were excited and and there's this palpable excitement in the program that, that frankly I mean hasn't been felt in in a while yeah, he said a lot of things about a lot of things without having to be asked about those things. He yeah. talked about offensive philosophy, defensive philosophy, sort of the mantra he lives by, what the program goes by, how he views a program, how he operates a program. He hearkened back to great FSU defenses, had some great one-liners, war daddies, badasses. You know, he did that stuff. Jim Gladden, Mickey Andrews were in that room. They were impressed by They were They were really impressed based on what you, your conversations with them. He yeah. talked about Charlie Ward, Peter Warwick, harkened back to a lot of great players that played here, guys that he knows. You know, him and Peter basically grew up together. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought he did a really good job. He kind of set the table. He talked about recruiting. We need to hit the road. We need to get going. He's living by that. He's pretty much been gone since that press conference wrapped up after the basketball. The basketball, and he didn't stay for that entire basketball yeah. game and was, he was literally in Gainers. He was in Amari Gainers' living. <laughs> room before FSU had uh, officially beat Loyola Maryland. He's night. like time warping right now. It's yeah. pretty impressive. He's jumping from place so, to place. No, I, yeah. I thought he did an outstanding job. I thought it was a cool day. I thought the scene, I watched it from above. You two were on ground level of him arriving at the Unconquered Statue to go into the presser was pretty impressive. He got out of that SUV with a little swagger and the chop was natural. And it, I, I, the, it, it's so <laughs> I mean, that's one of those things on video. That's going to get people riled up. It's going to get people fired up. It's good to see a football coach that truly wants to be at FSU and embodies that. He lives it. Every moment he talks to people who are associated with FSU, it is abundantly clear that he's extremely happy to be here. Not because he's getting paid a lot of money or because it's a great program. He wants to be here. He wants to win a national title. He wants to be the first African-American Power five coach ever won a national title. He's at a program he grew up with a great deal of respect for and an interest in. He's in his home state. He's ready. Like he, the boxes are checked and he's ready to go. I think a lot of coaches show up first day of the job to the introductory press conference and they're like, "Hey, I'm here. You're fortunate to have me." And it was almost the opposite with him. He was like, "Wow, this is this is it. I'm here." And you know, he talked about that moment on the fifty yard line where he's just walking around looking at at the stadium and saying, hey, I, I finally made it. And he was like a kid at Christmas. He he really was in awe and humbled by the moment and the opportunity that he has. And he appreciates it. He knows the history extremely well. And, you know, I think he, like you guys said, checked off all the boxes, was incredibly respectful to everyone, even to Oregon, and how mm-hmm. he handled the departure. And explaining that it was a really tough situation and, you know, only being there one year. But I, I think he knew this was coming back home and this was the right decision. Yeah. Um, Chris, you had a conversation with, with Jim Gladden and, uh, and what did he say? Humility. And I'm trying to think of what the two ways he described Willie Tiger. Humility uh, was one. Humility and appreciation. That sounds right. But yeah. humility was the one to go off Bob's point. Like he was humbled by this opportunity. At least that's how we projected it. Yeah. And, uh, go ahead. No, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, the whole thing is just, I want to catch all this by saying like, like, like 
if they go six and six next year, all these good feelings change, right? Oh, and no it's doubt. easy to win this We're now. We're in the honeymoon We're, phase. We are. This is this is when you're just in the middle of you're starting dating someone. But we and landed a pretty hot wife. The sex is great right now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the sex is great right now, and, and I think that's where you're at. And but but I, what impresses me is like you could say, Chris, all the boxes are being checked. Um, you don't want to always you know go after the opposite of your ex. You want to find someone that had some of the strengths, and you don't want to go after the exact opposite. I think Willie. You know, Taggart in the areas that people were wanting to see change uh, is representing that change while still having some of that, you know, the ability to recruit, the the ability to understand what the Southeast and how to recruit that area. He has that of Jimbo, but he has a lot of different philosophies. He also entirely understands what he's walked into. He's yeah. a kid that growing up would have loved to be recruited by FSU. He spoke about that in the press conference. Obviously, he wasn't of that level coming out of high school where he was thought of that way. But he understands what it's like to want to go to FSU. That comes into play in the living room mm-hmm. with the recruit. I mean, it, you can give a message or you can embody a message. I think he embodies it. The other thing I thought that came off well is any coach that leaves a school ever, it's Scott Frost did about as well as anybody that I can ever remember doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's still a divorce. It's never easy to do. And obviously leaving one year into the job at Oregon was not easy. And there's going to be some hurt feelings on the Oregon side of There it. should be. Like Entirely I understand understandable. That, yep. I thought when Willie spoke about that, specifically about Phil Knight, A.D. Mullins, other people within the hierarchy of Oregon, mm-hmm. how he felt like he had to tell them sorry, I thought he was genuine. Like, that's the thing that came off to me, was that none of it seemed put on to me. Like, he just seemed like he was natural. There were emotional moments, there were happy moments, there were like, throw up your arms, this is awesome moments. Mm-hmm. There was no, like, playing to the crowd. He just was what he is. And knowing him a little bit from his USF days and knowing people that know him, that is who he is. Like, the way he came off in that press conference to me, the range of emotions, the direct manner of some things with the deepness of others, I thought it was ultra impressive. Yeah, I, again, it, it was as good of a opening press conference as you can get. And, and the cherry on top was basketball appearance. He yeah. owned that thing. I mean, everything right now is is people were craving this. They, I'm trying to think. It was someone on our message board said at one point. It kind of made me sad. Like typically, like no offense, guys. Some of you can really freaking annoy me sometimes. <laughs> someone said I've never felt as disconnected from this program as I do right now. This was at you know maybe a month or so ago, and that, and I can't remember what it was. I wish I give you credit for it, but it resonated with me. It's like man, that really sucks. And it wasn't solely about losing. No, it wasn't. It was the way everything's been handled. And, and let's set a few side of like five, ten minutes here to talk about Jimbo Fisher, and then hopefully we're not talking about him again. Do I have to? You don't have to. But I'm going to start talking about him. I know you will engage after a minute or two. But I say this all because they're related, because we're going to be comparing how one thing ended to how this one starts with Willie Taggart. And if you're mad at us for talking about Jimbo Fisher, the president of the university is throwing shade by dropping a no-brainer reference in the middle of the press conference, which me not being the slickest human being, I, everyone's laughing, and I look at Chris, and we're sitting in the front row, and I say, I won't need to whisper to make sure it doesn't get picked up. I'm like... Was, was he just throwing shade at Jimbo Fisher? Oh, he, I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I spoke to somebody that knows a very good mutual friend of John Thrasher's, and apparently Thrasher did not like walk in there with the full intention of using that line. Uh-huh. But he certainly enjoyed that moment. But he, oh, he's, Adam, it wasn't just that he he's said... Like, essentially, like, I got a little jab. So it was, for people that aren't familiar, and I assume most of us in his are, he said no-brainer, yeah. uh, that hiring Willie Tiger was a no-brainer, which is the same phrase that Jimbo Fisher used at a really awkward, weird Texas A&M. Everything about that Texas A&M situation is hilarious watching it from afar. That man's going to hate that job. Um, but but he, you know, Jimbo Fisher said that Texas A&M, that was a no-brainer. So that was uh, using Jimbo's words kind of against him to, uh, to to set a point. But yeah, and, and, and Thrasher's delivery was he said it and then just let it simmer for about five seconds. And, uh, you know, 
Chris, like you said, when things end, again, we'll set the clock here for, for Jimbo. Um, when things end, they're not going to always end well. But I thought he handled it poorly. I don't think he handled much well. I think he left a lot of you know, a lot of bodies on the way to where he is now, and it was unnecessary um, for, for a place that, that ultimately man, was a mutually beneficial relationship for as long as it was. Uh, it was unnecessary. And you know, for a play, the community that gave him, he gave a lot to the community, but man, a lot of people put money into the kids first, and just just it just didn't strike a right chord for me. But man, honestly, covering him for the last few years, and and you know, especially the last couple seasons, I guess I'm not shocked by it. Yeah, I think fans invested in not just Florida State buying tickets, being a booster. They invested in the family. It was a really heartbreaking day when you hear when you go to a press conference and here's you know Jimbo and Candy talking about their young boy, and he's going to eventually need a bone marrow transplant, and he has this rare blood disorder. It was it was a day where I think the community kind of jumped, you know, behind the family and and really embraced the Fishers. And I, I thought, you know, Jimbo did a good job of being respectful to Bowden, being respectful to the Florida State history all throughout his years. And then in the last week, it all kind of went downhill, and it went downhill, and it snowballed, and it was ugly. And not just the Collins show. I think Jimbo could have communicated to John Thrasher, Stan Wilcox, um, certainly to the players, mm-hmm. something. He could have articulated, hey, yes, I am looking at other jobs. I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't been offered anything. I will let you know as soon as I make a decision. I'm still your coach. we got to go out and beat you all on this week. we got to go to a bowl game. He could have done something to set the players like more at ease. There was so much unease and uncertainty yeah. that week going into the game. Well, and, that, and then we saw last Saturday the the regular season finale with Odell being the head coach and Chris Which and I was talked, awesome. We talked about this. We won't get too much into it, but just talk about being cathartic and just a complete, like like the cloud was lifted. Like yeah. I didn't realize, I knew every and single day. it wasn't day, just on the field. Every, every bit of the FSU football and athletic program on last Saturday was more enjoyable, more people were happier to be at work than they had been in months. From the field... All the way up to the ninth floor where there are people in the FSU administration and anywhere in between, it was just a breath of fresh air. And then that's an indictment ultimately on oh, Chris is holding his chest. No, go ahead. I've processed Jimbo Fisher. Like, I'm <laughs> You're done. done. You're done. But my outgoing thought on it was Thrasher was his best friend mm-hmm. in this program who went to bat for him, gave him an absurd contract, did as many things humanly possible to appease him. And in the end, he lost John Thrasher. To me, that embodies how this whole thing ended. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, Moving on from that point, varying off that. Well, no, not quite. I, just, I can't yet. I want, I want to go into a little something about the hierarchy of FSU and how this whole thing went down. Okay, I want to talk about the timeline. So you go ahead with that, and maybe we can weave in the, the timeline. Well, into it's, that. it's on both sides. Thrasher, Wilcox, Andy Miller, people within Boosters, Ed Burr specifically in the hiring process – did an outstanding job. Yeah. They called the bluff. And it's a tough thing to do. You're literally basically forcing a national championship winning coach out of town. I one mean, that, they, one they that you have te- very little power. They didn't tell him to go, but they knew the outcome was there. It was a possibility. And they have very little power in all this, too, right. with given the, the – I mean, they had very few cards in their hand. But they did that. They rolled the dice. He left. They went out and got their first option very quickly, and a guy who I think the average person within this fan base, mm-hmm. the average person that supports this university and football program, are a fan of. Mm-hmm. They, they like the move. They feel like it was a good move. They were polar opposite of Tennessee. 
None yeah. of this has blood on their hands. It's not ugly. It is what it is. John Thrasher forcing Jimbo to resign on Friday by having that meeting at around 11.20 a.m. Mm-hmm. at the Westcott. You know, it was a necessity. You mm-hmm. could not let that man walk on the field and coach that game with him walking out of town. Plain and nope. simple. I understand he wanted to. I don't care what he wanted to do. No. It's not about he, him. He lost that right For once, it wasn't about him. This yeah. football program was not about Jimbo Fisher. It was about Florida State. Mm-hmm. That, when FSU football tweeted, no one man's bigger than the program, damn. Yep. That awesome. Was, that was about the, about the, time you grew a backbone and acted yeah. like you were the program you once were. Yeah. I, I'm not unappreciative of everything Jimbo Fisher did for Florida State. I have a healthy understanding of that as an alumni, as a person that's covered this program for a long time, as a person that grew, grew, grew up around this program. Now, it's how I make my living. I have a great deal of appreciation for 2013, the resurrection of the program, the improvement of the program, the future you know, casting of the program. All those things he did, great things. Him walking out the door was handled magnificently by FSU. And the next guy walking through the door equally well handled yeah. uh, and we had talked about this before like we would have liked florida state to come out and be a little bit more aggressive publicly from the get-go but the end result was fine now you look at it in, in hindsight in the big picture of, of how you got from when jimbo was there in that final week and that that terrible call-in show like it should have been done before the call-in show uh but it was done but now there's a man in tallahassee who would never have to pay for another i mean god show Good on you, Mike. Um, As Jeff Cameron says, not all men wear capes. <laughs> or not all heroes wear no. capes. <laughs> not all men wear capes either, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, me. You, As we talk about exits and, and how to do it the right way, and we talk about Willie Taggart doing it the right way, uh, Jimbo Fisher, we don't feel like he did. The whole timeline, man, was weird. Um, and not just in that final week. When you start looking back at the Texas A&M reports with people saying, you know, then September is when they circled, you know, you know, circled Jimbo Fisher as their guy. Um, we've heard rumors you know, about it, you know, him checking out. I, I don't know that to be true. Uh, well, but what I do know is they stopped recruiting in October. Yeah, which uh, at the time, to add context to that, was explained as, well, we, we're focusing on trying to win games. We'll worry about recruiting after the season. Yeah. And also, the, to me, when I first heard, I was like, okay, they're obviously making wholesale changes to the coaching staff, which they still are probably kind of <laughs> at least uh, all the way through. But that was kind of what made the most sense. Is, okay, you're, you know, you're not trying to sell kids on guys that aren't going to be here. Uh, and it's just a weird message to be selling when you know that that's But those guys happen. were always going to be involved in it because you weren't going to can them before the ball game. That was no, never going to happen. The, it, minute, the minute you knew you were on the road to qualifying for a ball game, which was basically, you know... After the Syracuse? After, before the Delaware State game. Yeah. Um, you knew those guys were still going to be on the staff till December 20-something, mm-hmm. without doubt. And, you know what, to Fucking those guys' Shreveport. credits, they're... Uh, they're... Uh, being very good professionals. I very mean, much so. That, Charles that, Kelly, obviously, you see him out there. Lawrence Dossie, Randy last night met with Charles Strong. You see those guys who are, you know, they're finishing the term. That's they're how, that's how, that's, that's, how that's done, though, because right. then that sets up your next job. Right. But that's correct. They're, they're being good company men, and they're being good professionals, and that bodes well for, you know, you leave the right way. Again, we're talking about leaving the right way. Um, anyways, yeah, Jimbo's gone. I think that there are, you know, just for us, Covering him, it wasn't always fun. Uh, tried to, <laughs> but you know, you try to be objective, um, and and is that be a subtle way of saying that. Yes, you try to be objective, and for me, being the beat reporter, like yeah, I don't want my you know, relationships with people to spill into writing, and that can be difficult sometimes. Especially we're doing a podcast, I'm doing columns sometimes. Like it, it gets difficult, but but by the summertime, I just I remember having a conversation with him. It was just me and him one on one. Uh, before a booster event, and he was just so negative throughout the entire thing. I told him I was getting engaged. He rolled his eyes. There wasn't a congratulations. It just, 
just everything is just was negative and and it, it, he couldn't even help himself like he was originally happy to see me and see the face that he knew and then it just shifted to negative so quick and and I just remember before it was the Alabama game we've talked about this was was they were fine that whole you know camp and they were loose and the players were fun then Alabama week started and his butthole got so tight and it trickled down to everyone in that entire program to where they were yelling at us for videotaping a quarterback, quarterback, quarterback throwing to a ball in practice to a tight end on a basic, simple every day we do this in practice yeah. route, and we got cursed out for it for yeah. for filming in the area where but we're then, allowed hey, to. We couldn't see practice, so you know. Uh, I mean, we, after we got cursed, out, I'm like, oh, that, that's it, we're done yeah. here. But 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 just the, the, the that to me was the level of paranoia, the level of just how short your fuse was, of just not being happy. Um, and so then, so let's pivot to then Willie Taggart because, are we done with Jimbo? Is that cool? I, I just wanted to get that out there that I've been done with Jimbo. So since about 11, 20 AM last Thursday when he left the Westcott. You know, one thing to wrap up on the hiring of Taggart, I think is we had questions about how Stan Wilcox was going to hire this hire hiring process. He had never done it at Florida state. He had inherited longtime coaches, Mike Martin, Sue Semrau, Leonard Hamilton, uh-huh. I have been on him about how he handled the Leonard Hamilton contract extension, which didn't exist, even though it was announced <laughs> by Florida State. And I'm still kind of angry about it, obviously, a Florida, year and a half later. Florida State hasn't always handled things well, which no. makes this what Bob's yes. setting up here. This is the context. So I was concerned about, hey, who was Stan going to target? We felt like a minority hire was going to be examined. Yeah, who not, a they- pre- not a prereq, but a pre- maybe a preference to some degree. And I felt like the process went quickly, even though there was some, hey, this should have happened Monday. Well, it didn't happen Monday, but it happened in a good amount of time. And I felt like Stan zeroed in on his key candidate, his number one choice early, and he made it happen. And for somebody like me who's criticized Stan a lot, and we've he's given me time before and after meetings to explain some things, and I appreciate that, but I had real concerns about how he was going to pull off the major hire on campus. And it, it turned out incredibly well. Does he not seem like such a... It, the conversation Saturday after the football game when Stan gave us about six minutes with the media pool was the best he's ever spoken to a media pool. With, with, with what should have been the most pressure-filled moment, yeah, too. But he was and comfortable. He was, yeah. he was direct. He was informative. He did a good job of not answering a question, directly saying, I'm not going to answer that this time. He did a good job of answering things without giving away too many details. He was excellent. And then on uh, what day did we introduce Willie? Tuesday, Wednesday? My days are all running together. Wednesday? Wednesday. On Wednesday. Willie Wednesday. When Willie got introduced, comfortable once again, fairly good at the podium, and he just seems happier. There seems like there's a massive weight off of Stan Wilcox's shoulders because there's now a man coaching the football program at the university he works at who he can have a relationship with and that did not exist previous and that and that is i mean that what you're seeing from it's stan is, is everyone yeah, yeah. Jim, jimbo was the emotional equivalent of hans gruber like he just was terrorizing everyone and wreaking havoc and you take you know when you talk about fit and let's now pivot to to willie taggart you know jimbo at the time was the right fit for florida state when he was hired he ushered in the program into a new era of modernization uh, and that was the right fit for at that time. Just like Bobby Bowden was the right fit when he was hired. Sometimes that fit ends. It's just you, you both sides move on. And I think Florida State, best case scenario, maybe this podcast gets listened to in five years and, and we're wrong. But uh, it was time for that to end. And that brings in Willie Taggart, who, man, just uh, on paper, a really good fit 
for I think what Florida State needs. Uh, you talk about modernizing now philosophies because the, the the facilities are modernized. Modernized. There's areas where it can be upgraded. Wait, wait. But FSU has good facilities. I mean, yeah. There was it, a national narrative going on two weeks ago that this place had an outhouse for a freaking restroom. Again, it was not handled well. The exit by Jimbo Fisher <laughs> because oh, okay. they were get, they were getting that from somewhere, um, and that man was the one beating the drum. Yep. So. Uh, but we're, I'm, try, I'm trying to move on from Jimbo Fisher. Stop. That wasn't on. about Jimbo. That was about national narrative. Yeah, but who was starting that national narrative? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the man Florida who State shall not be named any further. He's like Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dorks. Um, Just you. <laughs> Willie's going to modernize the Florida State offense. He said that. Like when he talks about, was it lethal simplicity? Yep. Oh, my God. The ability to maybe get a true freshman on the field. And he talks about the war daddies on defense, like you know, allowing physicality. You know, this is all like pie in the sky. This is best case scenario. This is what he wants. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. There's going to be flaws with it because with everything you do, there's a, a pro and a con. Like, you know, you're going to go up tempo and go fast. Well, it's going to put more pressure on your defense. You're going to simplify things that that's great on defense that may lead to some, you know, one-on-one breakdown. So there's going to be pluses and minus with everything, but it's going to look different. And it's going to, I think, give Florida State a chance to maximize not just the talent that Jimbo Fisher and his staff recruited at a very high level to get here, but I think you're going to see Willie Taggart recruit uh, at an equally high level and recruit the state. And really, um, it's a good fit because what he wants to do offensively is going to mesh with the type of guys he's recruiting. And to me, and that's what you look at what Scott Frost did at UCF, it's about maximization of, of what you have to work with. And I think that's why Willie Taggart, again, on paper, is a really, really nice fit. We've gone from being obsessed with the play to just trying to score. And I'm a big fan which, of that. Which should tell you, uh, yeah, we're... we're when, when Willie explained essentially that his offensive philosophy is we're going to try to score, we're going to try to do it pretty damn quick, and we're going to try to do it where it's fairly easy for the players to understand, yeah, I was good with it. Like, yep. I didn't need a whole lot of words. I, after watching this season, oh yeah, thank you, Lord. We talked a lot about Chris having a rustier, resting bitch face, and he's been all smiles I, the last week and a half. My wife feels like she married a new man since last, you know, ten days ago. Basically, she feels like I'm an entirely different. And person. look at you—you're you're buying Christmas yeah. presents like almost a month, you know, a couple weeks out. I'm like getting out of your original Santa Claus. It just—it all came at the right time. I'm so much happier now. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't that good of a reference, but that's fine. I thought my Volvo was good. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, we've been yeah. watching Elf. We've had. I want Die Hard's the next one. I'm throwing Die the Hans Gruber. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> it can be whatever right, you back want. Back on topic. We're, um, we're losing focus. <laughs> Bob, do you do you like Willie Taggart higher? <laughs> <laughs> I I thought he did everything just right, and I thought you wrote a good column talking about his adaptability kind of illustrating that he will take the pieces that are already on campus mm-hmm. and he will maximize that talent. And I don't, this is a conversation for another time. We'll get into it in the off season, but whether James Blackman or DeAndre Francois is best to utilize, uh, to be the quarterback of his offense, who knows? But I think we can decide that, that Cam Akers is, is going to be a badass in this offense and he's going to have the receiving talent to do it. And maybe he'll be able to mask again, the deficiencies of the offensive line to where he can make some things work. And yeah, it's interesting, his first couple of visits were to offensive linemen in the <laughs> middle of Georgia. I think that's maybe an indication that, that Willie might see, hey, there's there's a little bit of a talent get that shoot. Get that locked up real quick. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And Willie, in the press conference, said um, he didn't talk a lot about specific players. It's clear he's still in the evaluation process of trying to see what he has. He doesn't want to go ahead and name names. Like, yeah, that makes sense. 
he did say, oh, you know, we do have a pretty darn good running back. There's uh, two of them. Then he remember there's two. But, yeah, he's clearly excited about what that's going to be on offense. And, and I'm curious to see how he runs that. He calls it the – was it the Gulf, the Gulf, Gulf Coast? Coast offense, yeah. Which is essentially, guys, we'll get into all this. It's going to be fun. Like, this is different because it's just something different than what we've seen for the past 10 years, which was a coach running the same playbook he ran – in the 1990s, stuff that he learned from Bobby Bowden. You've basically seen the same offense for the last 40 years. It's going to be different. It's kind of like a pick and roll uh, where the quarterback makes a quick read, uh, either throwing the ball, it's going to be a lot of RPO, or he's going to pitch it. Uh, it's going to be like power blocking up front, kind of stuff he learned at, from Har- Harbaugh at Stanford and even you know, Har- Jack Harbaugh at uh, uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, but he's going to utilize his athletes. Now that's you know, Bob and I have started reporting like for the type of offense he runs. Like he uses athletes well, and he's going to have a ton of athletes to use. And that's and that's what when he was at Western Kentucky when he first got there, it was uh, power eye and, and and blended with some other things too. And he tried to carry that with him to USF. It didn't work out well. He was on the verge of getting fired. He completely just changed it all. Had Quentin Flowers said, "Okay, we're going to just out athlete people." And you know, turn that into a good offense, and the next year was a great offense. He adjusts. He's also going to have the best talent he's ever had in his career at his disposal and the ability to recruit the best talent he's ever been able to recruit. Yeah. Because the polo will stand for a lot yep. with that man walking in the living room selling it. Yep. I mean, the combination of the polo and then the man who was able to get in the door. Uh, and we'll talk about recruiting. We're going to bring Newberg on I, here soon. I obviously hope he brings Jim Levitt along if Jim doesn't get a head coaching job. And I do think that's the plan. I think that's if, you know, he was making a list of defensive coordinators. Jim's his dude. He would love to have Jim here. Obviously, another guy with a lot of uh, days pounding the pavement in the state of Florida in his career. Damn good coach. What he did with the Oregon defense last year, turning around, was quite impressive. That will be another breath of fresh air to this program, seeing a defensive coordinator who, you know, forecasts blitz that get home. Very aggressive, but also intelligent with the aggressiveness. All right, and now we have Josh here. So, Josh, we were just talking about uh, first, hi, welcome. I'm hungover, fellas. I'm hungover. How are you guys doing? Emotionally or just like just a lot of alcohol? Alcohol. I thought you said you didn't drink. You told me the other day you really don't drink much. No, I said I don't drink anymore. And I also don't drink any less. Hey-oh. Ooh, all right. So we're talking a little bit here about Willie Taggart and uh, kind of what we think his coaching staff is going to start looking like. Uh, People are hungry for scoop. What do we have? What do you have for us? All right. Let me just first start off with the timeline here. People just need to slow down there's nothing gonna happen anytime soon we need it now um that's why the jim levitt stuff didn't make sense to me and while i said that i think there's a chance he's gonna be head uh dc at fsu and and i maybe even expect it there's no reason for all that reporting to go down because as you know jim levitt is what 63 64 right now he really wants to become a head coach this is his time he's got to nail it down you know this season next season um, and he's going to angle for some head coaching jobs before he settles on a defensive coordinator position. I think he would he would definitely come back to Florida State if he doesn't have or to the state of Florida if he doesn't have a head coaching opportunity. But right now he's going to angle for that Oregon job. I mean, you can see by his tweets, and I know Jim like he's a salesman, so that's exactly what he's doing now. He's tweeting about loyalty and he's doing this and he's doing that, and he wants that Oregon job. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But overall, okay, so here's the important dates that I see. Uh, early signing period. I think once the early signing period comes and goes, you're going to see a whole lot of coaching change. That's December 20th for the people at home. 
What's that? What I said that? December 20th, just just for people okay. who... So after know. December 20th, I think the whole country is going to just go crazy. There's going to be coaches moving all around. So at that point, you're going to also know who's available. Uh, there might be some names that Willie's interested in that become available. Second most important date is Oregon's bowl game, which is uh, December 16th. The, the coaches have to coach through that game at Oregon. So anybody that's coming still on that staff isn't going to be coming until after the bowl game. But December 16th is kind of inconsequential because Florida State plays on on December 27th. Florida State isn't going to have – I mean, they need these coaches to coach that game. So you can't add a coach without getting rid of a coach. Therefore, and I've talked to I've, – I've ran this past a couple coaches that have been through coaching changes and just to see if I'm accurate on this. And um, he – I've been told that, you know, don't expect FSU's new staff to be rolling into their office till about New Year's. Um, you hear that, you hear that folks? So New Year's, chill out. The dead period hits anyway. So the dead period starts, what, next week? Do I have that next Friday, Sunday, something like that? I need to look it up with your early signing period to see if that's adjusted. It In years past, it would have been next Sunday. I don't know if that's a little different this year with the signing period, the 20th to the 22nd. Yeah. So anyway, the dead period is going to extend into January. So once it goes dead in mid-December, it extends into January. There's really no rush to get coaches in place. Um, I don't see anything happening probably until after FSU's bowl game. And the other thing people need to understand, when Willie's meeting with a kid, he's conversing with them and informing them of what he intends for the future of his staff to be. And a lot of kids he's meeting with who are not current FSU commitments but guys he hopes to add – He's already familiar with. They're going to know the names he's referencing. Some of them are going to be coming from Oregon. And you mentioned previously when we spoke, Josh, that uh, when he left USF for Oregon, the assembling of the Oregon staff was not a rapid thing. It right. He kind of took Correct. a sweet ass time. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember being at the Under Armour Bowl, you know, or the Under Armour game covering recruiting, and also helping the Oregon site with the with the coaching hires. And all week, you know, so that's like late December into early January, all week, I remember us reporting on Damien Craig being interviewed and David Reeves accepting a job. And, like, it's a slow burn. So it's not going to be – we're not going to see any hires this week, probably not going to see any next week. It, 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 anything officially – I don't – Chris, Brendan, can Florida State even announce a, an official hire? Yeah, I'm sure they could. Why, why, the ball? why wouldn't they be able to – like – Because it's a public university and you have to have – I mean, does it, don't you have to go through, like, a process? I think like you have to post job? a job for at yeah, least 48 hours, I want to say. Bob, Bob's right. more of the legalese of this kind of stuff. And the FDLE background check has to be clear. Background checks. Yeah, so. also background checks. Bob yeah, so, like, I don't, like, I just don't see a staff being announced before FSU's bowl game. And, and even after the bowl game, like I said, the dead period is probably, I'm not sure on this, January 7, January 9. So... FSU plays on December 27th, it's not like the next day I, I don't expect like the whole staff to be announced either. I think, like Chris said, it's going to kind of follow the the model that we saw him do at Oregon. And Josh, you talked about this before too, and, and this is probably part of the move, all the moving parts, is, is Willie likes to make splash hires. He, oh, hell yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about he's going after big fish. There's some moving parts in, in, in play there, and that partially is – 
you know, you're going to have to prove in, you know, coordinators or big time coaches, they're going to be coaching in games later on in the process too. So you're not stealing away a big defensive coordinator if it's not Levitt. You're not stealing off, you know, a, a guy away from a, from a school until his team's bowl games played later on, like in late December, or early January. Right. Like if, like if he's going to go after Manny Diaz, I mean, that's something that's going to happen in January, probably. It's not something that's going to happen right now, but and I throw Manny's name out there, but that's the type of hire I could see Willie making. Like, I've been coaches have been telling me in the background, you know, watch, you know, watch what he does, watch, watch him try to make a splash, and and, and he will. Um, the outline that I did the day after he signed, the, the that was more me connecting the dots with guys that I think are likely, and I didn't really want to speculate too much on the on the big hires or, or splash hires because because honestly I don't know who they would be right now. But I'm just kind of keeping my head on a swivel and watching out for for some big names. Yeah, and the, the Oregon Bowl game is going to provide some clarity because Oregon's likely going to be able to make their next aggressive move about who's the next head coach, who are they retaining on that staff, who's the new head coach going to keep, things like that. So that's right. going to kind of shake some of the leaves loose before FSU even takes the field in Shreveport. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like I said, the three big dates are early signing period, Oregon Bowl game, FSU Bowl game. Um, I think we'll see some developments, maybe not hires, but I think we'll have a better idea maybe of who's coming. Um, I also want to address something. There's a rumor out there that Telly Lockett is possibly in in as the next running back coach. Um, I'm texting with Telly now. T- um, Telly Lockett, for you guys who don't know, was at Miami Central. He was pivotal in the Dalvin Cook, uh, Joseph uh, Yerby, 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 Yerby backfield. Uh, he Correct. then went to USF. Was under Willie, or was it with? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. and then he went to Oregon, Oregon State. State as a running back coach. But you know that that would be a guy who would have some pretty significant uh, three hundred five connections for Florida State so, if he did come on that staff. Yeah, so there's rumors that like this is closing in on a done deal, or that he's going to be. But based on what he's telling me, I mean, I don't, I don't. He he hasn't told me directly that he doesn't have the or has the job, but I don't think it's official right now. Um, Telly's definitely interested. There's a lot of coaches I've talked to that are interested. I expect, in everything I've heard, Dante Pimpleton at Oregon to take the running back position. But that doesn't completely rule Telly out. Um, like you guys said, there's a lot of things that make sense. Even more so, you got to take into account that Willie Taggart gave Telly Lockett his first opportunity to coach college football. He obviously believes in him. That's, a, that's kind of putting your neck out there for somebody. Um, so I'm not... I'm not dismissing the fact that Telly's not com- or coming or not coming, but uh, based on our conversation right now, it doesn't sound like it's a it's a done deal. But there is interest. One thing to add on Pimpleton, he was a college teammate of uh, Willie's. They played Western together Kentucky. at Western. Yeah. He was a running back there. He's coached multiple offensive possession positions. So yes. people always get hung up on this guy played running back. He's going to be a running back coach. That's not really the truth in coaching. A lot of guys that played on the offensive side of the ball will coach on the offensive side right. of the ball. It's not necessarily a specific position. So Telly and Pimp could eat. I love being able to say Pimp. Woo! Could easily be on the same staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was kind of getting at. I don't know where uh, Willie's going to go with the 10th coach. Um, you don't know if he, he moves Pimp to maybe wide receivers. The only thing is I've just been told pretty directly that Pimp would be the running back coach. So... We'll see, but like you said, I mean, Telly could maybe coach wide receivers or you know do something else, tight ends. But um, yeah, it's all going to come together in due time. Patience, patience, patience. Um, what about when people are also want to know about recruiting stuff? Uh, 
Willie has hit in the road the last two nights, two days. Um, yeah, let's just get this over with. I think he saw Justin Fields last night. I haven't been able to confirm it totally, um, but I do think he saw Fields. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm working on that right now to try to confirm it, and once I do, I'll put it up on the site. Um, today, I'm about to publish a story. It'll be up by the time this podcast goes for sure, but Willie Taggart is in Orlando, and he is at the high school state finals today. Um, and who's, play, two, who's playing in the high school state well, finals? there's three games Ooh. today. This first one's a small school. I don't think there's anybody that he's there to see, but um, in the afternoon, he'll see... Patrick Sertain Jr. play, and then in the evening, the primary target is Ward Thompson and Armwood, and they're playing Miami Northwestern. So um, we believe he'll be there all day. If not, they'll definitely be um, Florida State assistant coaches. But for now, he is currently in Orlando, and if he leaves, we'll update you guys on you know where he's going and all that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, he's just out here, man. He's out here in the streets, and... Willie's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to go try to make waves. He's going to try to go see the, the, the top targets on the board, um, get that get that groundwork in, and, and get these kids in on visits in January. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see official visits in December. Do you, Chris? I don't know. Next weekend we might because of the early signing period. There might be a kid right. or two sure. try to get in before that. But uh, this weekend I'd be surprised as of right now if we see anybody strolling into town from what I've been told. Right. And the other thing to add on Willie is – Kind of the first thing on the docket in recruiting for him is the commitments he wants to keep, going mm-hmm. to see them and making sure they know they want to be part. Part of the reason you do that, you lock those guys up December 20th to the 22nd. You don't have to worry about them in January. That, yes. That's off your agenda. Jimbo, so, Jimbo did the same thing, too. We saw that with Jimbo. Right. You want to lock up, if possible, 10 to 15 kids by December 22nd. So then mm-hmm. you can focus on the remaining 10 to 15 kids for the first Wednesday in February. So that's kind of like where we're at. You know, he's going to be banging the pavement pretty hard going to see kids. I suspect we'll see him swing through like Rockledge. You know, he's already gone to see the mid-Georgia kids. He'll get out there and he'll see some of the other ones. Getting Amari Gaynor on the boat first was a brilliant move on his part because Amari's a easygoing vocal kid. Amari's kind of kid that can talk about anybody, so he's going to be the recruiter for you. He's, you basically just went and hired a recruiting coach for you when you made sure Amari Gaynor was going to be part of your class. So, you know, he... To me, he's been doing it with an aggressiveness, but there's also clearly a strategy to it. All right. I just got an update. Um, the Fields visit did not go down yet. Uh, that's still being worked on. Uh, there's definitely contact because I know they've been trying to schedule it and get it, get a date worked on. So that has not gone down yet. I'm also told that Willie, which I just said, is at the state championship game, but he's going to head back to Tallahassee this afternoon, and he is going to watch bowl practice. So, here's what this means. Willie's not going to use his visit on Patrick Sertain and Warren Thompson right now. I can bet you there's going to be assistant coaches at the games later this afternoon and evening. Um, Warren told me that Lawrence Dossie is going to be at his game this evening. So, it looks like Taggart is saving those visits because neither of these kids are um, early enrollees. So, I think both of them are going to take their recruitments into January. Warren Thompson's going to flip. It's just a matter of when. And then with Patrick Sertain, um, you know, FSU needs to get him on campus. He hasn't been here this this year, this calendar year. He hasn't been on FSU's campus. So, um, Plus, right. to remind people, because not everybody's as in-depth on recruiting as we are, obviously, Willie can only see a guy in person right. once. So you don't want to burn that if you may have to go back to it. 
a guy like Sertain, that recruitment's going to come down to that last week. Well, LSU's yeah. kind of always been the clubhouse leader. That recruitment's going to last to so that last week. Everybody's going to try to say being home for last. So Willie's not a dumb man. You know, he's going to try to be the last guy in the living room for the kids that he wants to close on. Warren's not as much of that because Warren's obviously a kid that we believe is easily going to flip to Willie. He wants to play for Willie. I think mom being able to drive to Tallahassee is a hell of a lot better than her flying to Oregon. Uh, do we have an idea with the – sorry, I didn't mean for you to stop talking, Chris. I was trying to signal to Josh over the phone. You uh, gave me a finger gun. I didn't it, was, it wasn't directed to you. You held me up. <laughs> Go ahead. Do we have, this is actually uh, – Bob thought of this. Do we have an idea of what the 2018 class size is going to be now? There's been a couple transfers. Maven Saunders is transferring oh, Brock Ribbles. I, I, I think hanging up. closer to a full, full boat. Yeah, a full boat. I'd, I'd be shocked at this point. Because you're going to have natural attrition. Anytime you have a coaching right. change, there's mm-hmm. going to be some kids that don't fit. Plus, you know, Willie may actually tell a kid to, you know, hit the bricks and yeah. head down the road instead of just Plus, with guys leaving money. early for the NFL. I mean, there's, I, I just think, yeah, I think full boat 25 is probably in that area. Uh, like, a guy like Delvin Purifoy has been hanging on to this program for a while. Torres is another one. Yeah, those Malik are kind of guys. Those are kind of guys. Well, Malik's going to graduate and transfer to Bethune. But anyway. Right. Um, but the other two, you know, I think that you see, you know, either medically DQ'd so they secure their scholarship money or transfer somewhere else where potentially they can play if they're capable from a health standpoint. You know, th- those kind of guys have kind of lugged onto the roster the last couple of years and not allowed FSU to maximize their roster scholarship availability. Yeah. I don't think that trend continues. No, you have to have a coach that can actually process people if needed yeah. because for all the things Jimbo wants, his facilities and stuff, wanted those to keep up with Saban. Like, that was one thing that the previous regime didn't do well, which was process a kid and, and basically limit your and your, your there, resources. There's something to allowing a kid to live on his four-year scholarship, but there's also yes. examples of kids that you can do that with while also freeing up the scholarship Correct. with medically disqualifying. Yeah, there, there's a balance there. Um it's good to talk about recruiting like this originally the podcast and the the what we had going on for the season was going to be you know, a football podcast one day of the week and then recruiting then josh got to take a vacation from about october yeah, yeah, yeah. Until, like <laughs> this week he literally texted you the other night after he talked to warren thompson asking for directions on how to write a recruiting update it's been so long. <laughs> i told chris i was like i'm gonna write this recruiting update i haven't done one of these in like two and a half months <laughs> <laughs> That was weird. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air. Weird, 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 weird times. But hey, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Josh is familiar with Willie. Do you want to just spitball a little bit on knowing him from USF? Kind of give people I'm, some background I'm, on what it's like. I'm living my best life right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that Willie Taggart's the head coach of Florida State because I, I I genuinely do enjoy Willie. And the way that I got to know him wasn't really. Um, from a business standpoint, I mean, I just spent a lot of time over at USF going to like the seven on sevens and some practices and um, really just got to know him and, and see what the team's all about. Everything that you've heard is pretty much true. I mean, he connects with the players. He has a high energy going out to those practices was a whole lot of fun. I, you guys were used to hearing Jimbo yell at guys over the fence. Now you're going to just hear music. Um, they, they dance the whole time. They have, you know, they're, they're, they're out there to get their work in, but they also enjoy what they do. And I think that was something that was lost on these teams the last couple of years. I don't think these kids were having fun out on the football field and they certainly weren't playing like it. Nope. Um, so Willie's going to bring that. 
he is uh, he is going to call the plays. I've, I, I know I want to address that because we get a lot of questions about like who the offensive coordinator is going to be or this or that. Uh, Willie's the play caller. I, I expect him to be the play caller at Florida State. Um, it's just it's going to be it's going to be good. Uh, you know, he's going to hit the ground running as we see in recruiting. I think we're going to see you know a, a top ten class. I, I think he salvages it. Do you think that's safe to say, Chris? Yeah, I think so. I think we, I don't think we see a top five class this year. I think we see a top five class next year. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm I'm excited to see you know just what Willie's going to bring to Florida State, and I I expect him to hold true to you know the style that he's had at USF and Oregon. Good podcast, boys. This is fun. I, before uh, before we all we all go on our uh, separate ways here, guys. This was a. Uh, a- Hectic two weeks, but we all nailed it, I feel like. Um, individually, as a staff, it was a really, really productive two weeks. We were there ahead on every... Like, you sound like Bud Sinone right now. We did, <laughs> we, wow. we, did a, we did. We did a great job. Uh, <laughs> bad, bad patent by you, Bud. I was going to say how proud I was of, of you guys, but uh, but yeah, you didn't have a million hot boards up, uh, weren't bullshitting people with uh, false rumors. My, yeah. my single favorite moment was Pat Tholey, who's essentially not our boss, but he can boss our us around, up. our higher up. He texted me and Josh the minute that the res- uh, Fisher resignation became official, time for a hot board, and I just responded, Willie Tager is our hot board. <laughs> yeah. That was probably my favorite moment. Do you guys have your hot board ready? Chris just texts him back. He goes, Willie Taggart is our hot board. And we never wavered from that. So uh, it had to do with Florida State, too. I mean, they got the job done. That's why we look good, because they went after one guy and and got him. So. They nailed it. We nailed it. It's all good, people. Bright, bright, sunny, shundan. Stop talking, Snow. I think we'll probably end up doing at least one more pod before Christmas. So I'm not going to wish everybody Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays at this point. But we will talk to him later. We're obviously going to stay on top of the coaching search. As Josh mentioned, though, that's going to be kind of slow rolling. Don't expect, you know, a monumental day. Day after Oregon bowl game might be a little bit interesting as far as at least getting clarity on who will be coming from that staff. Uh, recruiting, we're going to yeah. you know chug at it. We're going to plug away. We're going to work hard. Keep up with where the assistants are going. Keep up with where Willie's going. God bless that we have a head coach that actually knows what social media is and doesn't just hate on it all the time. I welcome that change. Willie's going to tweet a little bit. It's going to be fun to follow. I don't even know what Twitter is. We'll be talking about these (laughs) things in the coming weeks. So stay with us. Thanks for joining us. Good talking to you, Josh. Drink plenty of water. Keep your fluids up. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.